MailChimp presents. Ever heard of a customer? You know, it's when marketers group all their customers, regardless of their different behaviors, into one big mess. But with MailChimp, you can use real-time behavior data to personalize emails for every customer based on their browsing and buying behavior, turning your customers into customers. Intuit MailChimp, the number one email marketing and automations brand. Based on competitor brands' publicly available data on worldwide numbers of customers in 2021 and 2022. Availability of features and functionality vary by plan, which are subject to change. Marlana Evans, better known as Rhapsody, hails from a small town in North Carolina called Snow Hill. I'm talking about 1,600 people small. In high school, her career counsellor told her she was good with numbers and she'd make a great accountant. But Rhapsody had different life goals and she had other plans. I got to sit down with Rhapsody and talk about her constant pursuit of perfection, how she went from a small town kid with ideas that could not be held back to someone whose influence on hip-hop runs as deep as some of the best MCs to ever pick up a mic. I'm Shirley Manson, and this is The Jump. Well, listen, I am so grateful, and I'm not, I mean, I, I know it sounds like I'm blowing wind up your skirt, but <laughs> I really, really think you are incredibly special, and I couldn't really believe that you said yes to this. Uh. <laughs> Because you've been one of my dream guests since the oh, beginning, wow. since we started. I'm so honoured. I have a million and one things I'd love to ask you, but you know, this this <laughs> particular podcast is about songwriting. And I was kind of blown away by the fact that you hadn't started rapping till you went to university. Yeah, I was a late bloomer. What was your musical experience when you were growing up? Man, um... I'm from a, a super small town in, in North Carolina. Snow Hill. Snow Hill, yes. And it, we didn't have access to like a lot of record shops where I could just go in and wake up one day and get CDs. Like we had to drive maybe 30 minutes to do that. Um, I didn't have access to a lot of live shows. So my musical experience came from television and radio. Uh, I, I fell in love with soul from my mom and dad. Um, you know, every Saturday morning, you know, we get up and have to clean the house and my mom would put on, you know, her favorite songs, which usually consisted of a lot of Tina Turner and some Patti LaBelle. My dad is a crazy Luther Vandross fan. Uh, so, you know, that's where I get my love of soul music from. And then, you know, I fell in love with hip hop. So where were you first exposed to hip hop? TV. Um, uh, the first video I saw that really captivated me was MC Light's Poor Georgie. That one was the one that was like, oh, my God, like, who is this? It's a woman. I want to do that. You know, I just fell in love with it. The the storytelling and then, you know, having the story in video format as well. Um, and I, I fell in love with New York because of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I always wanted to live there. But, you know, that's that's kind of my musical experience. I kind of had to sit in front of the the floor model TV Indian style and, and just take it in and then imagine myself in New York or, you know, what that felt like. So... I'm, I'm an Aquarius. I, I'm, I have a very open, imaginative mind. <laughs> Do 
did you always want to be a, a, a rapper? Or yeah, always since since I saw MC Light, I knew that's what I wanted to do. The only thing was, you know, growing up where I grew up, and you know, I hear stories of you know other artists that live in big metropolitan cities and they go outside of their homes and they can see Tupac shooting a video down the street or Most Def or whoever. I didn't have that experience, so being a musician was hard for me to even believe that it was something attainable for me yeah. or, or necessarily like this is what I want to do I don't even know how to go about doing it um, you know so though it was always in the back of my mind like when you're passionate about something no matter what you say I'm going to do this it never leaves you so um, you know I said I'll be an accountant I like math but you know it's just, an accountant yeah you go to high school and they, they tell you to go talk to the to the goddess counselor and figure out what you're gonna do and it's just Ugh. like oh you're good at math you'd be a great accountant and i'm from the country and i'm just like okay and, but knowing like i don't that's not me i don't want to sit in no cubicle and punch numbers i'm a I like art i like to be creative so you know i went to college and you know the way the universe works out you know, if, if you allow yourself to open up to it and follow it, it'll always set you on the path you're supposed to be on no matter what. And, sure. you know, going to NC State and getting a job at a sneaker store introduced me to one of my best lifelong friends. His name he goes by the name of Charlie Smarts. And through him actively pursuing music because he comes from a musical family. And, you know, it was something that it was his dream. And he actually went for it I was able to learn and you know stop being fearful and he, he brought me into the world and we started a group together with other friends so were you writing before this before you met him were uh, you writing in notebooks or I was. in your head or yeah I was I started writing poetry first right and that was around like uh my middle school uh adolescent and high school days and it started you know, art, art always comes from a, a way of wanting to express yourself. So that was a time where one, you know, you getting 13, being a teenager, you feel like you want to be independent and your parents got all these rules and then you're falling in love and you're getting your heart <laughs> broken. And, you know, coming from my family, you know how, how the baby boomers are. It's like, you know, I ain't trying to hear it. What I said goes and there's not a lot of conversations going on. So I, I started writing poetry just to get out what I needed to get out. You know, my frustrations, my heartbreak, you know, I'm, I'm bad. You won't let me do what I want to do. <laughs> you know, you're now on your, well, I guess you're working on your fourth record, correct? Yeah, my fourth album. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. Oh man, I always, <laughs> let me tell you, I, I always do the most. <laughs> yeah, yes you do. Um, which takes us of course to the song that you chose um, off your masterpiece Eve. Um, for this particular podcast, which is about, you know, um, a moment in your writing, in your experience as an artist where, some, you know, you, you take a leap of faith or you, or you change direction or you realise something about your own artistry or your own writing. And so we're going to examine today, Afeni. Have I said it correctly? Yes, that you said it correctly. So I wanted to know why you put this particular song at the end of this record, what was the what was the reason for its placement there? Um, one, you know, sonically, it just felt good there. But I think the most important reason is it 
it was a culmination of everything that that album was supposed to be. And it brought all the women that I talked about into one. And I think the, mm-hmm. the final thought that I, I wanted to leave was the idea that the greatest thing about women and two being a mother is that you bring life forth in this world. And we're here to nurture and teach and grow and protect Um that's the that's the strength and beauty of a woman. Like, you know, just as an example, you look at Tupac, who's one of the most polarizing figures, you know, in hip hop and beyond. And he is who he was because he was raised by a strong woman, a strong black mm-hmm. woman. And that idea can be taken and, and put into a whole bigger context of what women mean universally to this world. She was a political you know, activist, right? Yes, yes. A political activist, uh, Black Panther. Um, you know, she had her own struggles, but at the end of the day, she, she stood strong as a, as a black woman. Um, and whether we looking at humans or in nature, you know, it's something about the feminine energy that, you know, can't be ignored and denied. And I, I just wanted to end it on that note, how important it is for us to take a step back and, and recognize that about women, um, women and men, um, and I think that's that's why we put that last. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. My sis, we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman, and I came from a woman. I wonder why we take from our women, why we break power women, do we hate our women? My sis, we all... My brothers, My brothers. I, love you. I love you. I hate to know some of It's a concept that I have been holding on to for probably at least 10 years. Um, I've always wanted to take that. We sampled uh, Tupac's Keep Your Head Up um, as part of it. You know, I've, I've known for 10 years that I wanted to use that piece in some way and continue the story from a woman's perspective that he told with Keep Your Head Up. Um, and I tried it here and there throughout the years, but everything happens in the timing that it's supposed to happen. Every day we pulling doubles for ourselves and home. My mom and daddy taught me early on, protect your own. We never stop loving you, so turn your love back on. And I pray you feel the same way as that Tupac song. We ain't your hoes or your bitches. Trophies are meant for pimping, recognize a gift from God. Our ways a birthday or Christmas to protect our lives. You gonna take it to the limit? Rib of our rib, do you still feel the same? The biggest challenge was how we gonna find the acapella, <laughs> and luckily enough, I was on Google. I was like, "Man, I've I've seen him rap it live before," and I googled it. And there's a, a YouTube of Tupac in a classroom, and he's reciting those lyrics from "Keep Your Head Up" acapella. And yeah. I was like, "Man, this is this is divine." Yeah. And I hate I never got to meet Afeni, but uh, 2016 when I went, or was it 2017? I can't remember what year. I went to the Grammys. That was when To Pimp a Butterfly was nominated. It was my first nomination through that through wow. that album. And I decided to, you know, show up uh, in recognition of, of Pac because I know Pac, that album, you know, was heavily influential for Kendrick too. So I wore a t- mm-hmm. Tupac t-shirt and I got an email maybe like three days later um, from Athene's people and she was like, send Rhapsody a message that I appreciate her continuing my son's legacy by wearing his shirt. Incredible. And that message meant so much to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Really amazing, right? Mm-hmm. When that history reaches out and touches you from the people that you idolize is absolutely wild. So, 
Tell me, how did this particular song come together to the point where you were ready to write on it? Uh, we built the beat for that one first. Um, so they just play your beat and you're like, I really love that. Let me go and work on it. And there was, there was a one particular beat um, that I kept going back to and I was just like, yo, I hear Pac on this. Like, I, I hear that keep your head up part. You gonna take it to the limit? Rib of my rib, do you still feel the same? You know, it was soulful. It it gave me that keep your head up feeling. And Pac was on it, you know, with that that little. I wonder why we take from our women, why we rape mm -hmm. our women, and then you know, just go with what feels right. And I was in a space then where it's like, you know, I don't want to overthink it. I just want to, I want to come with, you know, what feels right. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to the fellas, but I'm not. I'm not mad at the fellas. You know, we having just an honest conversation. You know, I was like, this album is for women, and it's dedicated to women. But it's for the fellas too, um, yeah. you know. So my brothers, I love you. First off, like I'm not even coming at you on some, yo, you sucker, I hate you. It's like, nah, I wanna, I wanna show you I love you and tell you why, and you know, express how we feel, whether it's me or whether it's you know my, the community of women. Because at the time, I was catching a lot of you know, you know, interviews and conversations via social media on how black women were feeling. How they were feeling unprotected, you know, they weren't feeling loved. They felt like, you know, they deserve more. So I wanted to tell that side of the story and humanize it for our guys. This song is full of nuance, I think, which is what makes it so moving. Right. And that's that's a big thing I've learned this year. It's like, you know, I've gotten away from right and wrong. And it's more about what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And, and what's truth? What is your truth? And that's that's what we need to get to. And, and everybody has a different truth. And with every like sort of verse, do you try and change up your cadence? Is that a deliberate move or is it dependent on the words that come up into your brain when you're writing? Yeah, for me, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of combination of everything. Right. Especially yeah. during that time, like, you know, sometimes it's like, yo, mm -hmm. how many how many different ways can I approach this song? Like how many different pockets can I find sometimes? And sometimes it's like I'll do one verse and then I'll come and approach the second one and it's just like, oh, it's just another here's another street that I could take. I done been down that street. Let me take you down another street, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. that's kinda how I approach it. And the next level up for me honestly was being simple but complex, like mastering that even more. Where, you know, I can do some crazy acrobatic and just blow you away, but I could do that in my sleep. And I've been doing that for years. Now let me try to catch a vibe, but at the same time still give you content. And that, that, that was the challenge for me. It ain't complex to be emotional or affectionate. To my brothers that do, I hope her sisters don't think less of them. Tupac gone, you know rap had to message them. We try to do our best for them. Mother Panther vibe. We need strong men so our baby boys survive. Love our great fathers, I know some statistics lied. But all the ones that didn't, yo, you gotta do your job. I know this life ain't easy. Every one of us is flawed. 
At least love your woman, we the closest thing to God. And tell her keep her head up every day that it gets hard. If you truly recognize that. And so let's talk about your words. You are known for your incredible flow. And what is this lyric specifically about? Because I read that it was a, it was allegedly letters. Is that right? Yeah, it was it was my letter to black women. Um, you know, all all different black women, whether we're talking about, you know, somebody's mother, somebody's wife, somebody's homegirl, somebody's sister, you know, um, when you when you look at a a black woman at this time and even now, you know, there's a big thing of protect our women, you know, make sure our women are good. And you have to show up in the same way for the world that you would for your sister, your mother, your best friend, your homegirl that you met at college that cooks you spaghetti. And, and that's what it was. It was my letter to my brothers to say, don't forget. And when you see a, a, a brother that's, that's not upholding that, check your mans, right? So that's what it was. Do you feel a responsibility to, you know, put a, a, a female perspective in your work? Or is it just, was this just specific to this particular album? I'm going to be real, like, I came in and I, I knew my purpose and I knew what I was passionate about. Um, I de- do you mean in, into the game of, of, into the music business or do you mean into the studio? Uh, both, you know, both. Um, yeah. and how I sh- wanted to show up, right? So, you know, I, I was I was raised by a village of strong black women, you know, and when I when I fell in love with hip hop, I fell in love with the culture, but I really resonated with the women in it, with MC Light, with Queen Latifah, with Missy, with Lauren. You know, I saw myself in them. I saw a voice in them. So, you know, when it was time for me to have my space, you know, and, and make a path for myself, um, I necessarily didn't come in like, you know, I'm going to come and be a warrior for women. I came in being myself and that's something that I'm passionate about. So it wasn't anything that I had to mull over or say I'm intentionally doing this. It's just naturally what I like to talk about and the stories that I like to tell because it's, you know, it's important to me. Um, And, you know, I see myself in that. So I just came in telling my stories, telling the stories of, you know, the women that I looked up to, what I see in my community, what's important to me. Um, And it just naturally came out like every project that I've done, I've made space, you know, to talk about women. At this time, too, I was thinking, you know, I, I feel like people put me in a box where they feel like, you know, I'm just this one thing or this one person because of I've been so intentional and I have been on a a certain narrow path of, you know, what I talk about and how I show up. And it's like, but there's so much more of who Rhapsody is. People say, oh, you're cool and reserved, but I will go a zero to a hundred, <laughs> you know, with the time called. And it's just like, let me show people that I'm human, but let me do it in a creative way where I can give them me, but I can also, you know, continue the legacy of all these women that have inspired me. And this, this, this is probably one of my most important albums because it allowed me to even see me, right? Where, you know, I went through the process of, you know, figuring out who I was as an artist, what my voice was. And now it, I was able to see a reflection of myself and it's just like, okay, now it's time to really, really do the work. And you figured out your, your purpose and your passion 
now make your own your own path for real. So it kind of set the stage for me to say like, there is so much more to me. And on this fourth album, I'm going to go there and I'm going to show you even more because I'm even more aware of myself. Um, and I think that's that's what it was. I've said it a lot in other interviews. People would box me in as a female rapper, right? And they put that right. that female label in front of it. So my reply was, I'm not just a female rapper. I'm just an MC. Brilliant. And I didn't I didn't like that label because, you know, when you put female in front of it or in the same way you put Muslim in front of it, you know. It's reductive. Yeah, it's reductive. You know, it, it, it separates you from what is supposed to be, you know, the bar or, you know, the, the golden circle. Um, and it makes you other, you know, and it, and it became, oh, these are the best 10 female rappers and I'm like what the hell is that like I don't want to be in that where where do you put me in your favorite rappers yeah hallelujah yeah but this is an even playing field it don't matter if you man woman if you 50 if you 15 if you come from Germany Nigeria America this is art and we all on the same playing field so I don't need you to put my gender in front of you know what I choose to do People can look at me and they know I'm a woman. It's about this music. And the only thing that matters is it's dope or it's not dope. And that's yeah. that's all you need to put in front of my name. I'm either dope or not. My brothers, my brothers I love you. I, love you. I hate to know some of you treat us like Glover. Black car revolt, maybe you can use Discover. Define yourself, do you feel the same way about your mother? Do you overlook our beauty, but you love it on all the others? Hope you teach your daughters all to stay away from suckers like yourself if you don't love yourself. I'm so southern, I was taught to feed the soul with the without hot ovens. Here's a plate, know your hate come from a black man's struggle. We all in the same shape, so I I know I fit your puzzle. Either way, we got your back. We only pray you be our muscle. The times we it seems to me that generally speaking, everybody respects you, you know, like in your entire, you know, world, it seems. You know, in in music, you know, industry, everybody thinks so highly of you. Thank you. I, uh, you know, I had to work hard for that, like like all the women did. And it's interesting. Um, I just saw a, a article that um, highlighted Chica, and she made the comment that women don't have the luxury to be mediocre at all in hip hop. We we have to be ill. We have to, you know, perform 10 times better in the same way, you know, people say it about black Americans. We have to work 10 times harder. It's the same thing for us. You know, there's some guys out and, you know, they can come in and skill wise, they just not as skillful. But we we don't have that same luxury. Um, and so all the respect that I get, I, I had to work 10, 20 times harder to get, you know, I remember interviews I would do, whether it be songs with Kendrick or Crit or Black Thought, and people would say, yo, when you were writing your verse, you know, did you go in, like, would you feel pressure, like you had to kill it? And I'd be like, no, you know, I've worked for this. I could come in and, and be mediocre because people would expect like, oh, you're going against Black Thought Kendrick. Like we expect you to get ate up. And and that's sad to say that, you know, it's like that. But and that's how people look at women. You seem incredibly centered and powerful as a not just as an artist, but as a woman. And I was curious where this this what I would call grace comes from. I mean, it's it also must come from some sort of concrete sense of self from when you were young? 
Oh, Where man. did it come from? Several places, I think. Um, I think one, you know, being in a home with so many siblings and so many cousins, you learn humility real quick, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and to and to learn to see things from different perspectives. You know, I was talking to my aunt. She was like, you know, you were always so quiet as a kid. You just just sit and observe and observe and observe. And people would think I was so shy and I'm really not, um, you know, but. I just used to watch things, right? I was next to last, so, you know, I got to saw everything my older sisters were doing. I got to see my mom and dad on their good days and their bad days. You know, I, I just observed a lot, and it, it just gave me perspective. You know, again, my parents and so many around me instilling me the power of education and seeking knowledge um, and learning from different people, going to college, having jobs, part-time jobs, talking to older people, younger people, um, you know, from all walks of life and allowing myself to learn from these people and not judge, which I have at times, you know, but being humble enough to be aware of it and say, you know, that ain't cool. I think that's kind of been the foundation for me and, and how I have gotten to be who I am, this version of me that I am now. Spirit can't always be the excuse. Thought I taught you the gravity of respect and paying dues. Thought you knew. My God, don't like ugly. Yeah. Listen, thank you so much. Thank you. are a you. goddess. Oh, I enjoyed it. Thank you. And I really appreciate it. And I send you so much love. Sending love back. Thanks, Rhapsody. I appreciate you. Bye. I know you if it wasn't for us. My God said, How much harder we got to love you? The Jump is hosted by me, Shirley Manson, and is produced by Dan Gallucci. The Jump is an original series from MailChimp, produced in partnership with Little Everywhere. Dan Gallucci and Jane Marie are the executive producers. The Jump is mixed by Mike Richter. Original music composed by Rishikesh Hirway. And a very special thanks goes out to our wonderful booker, Mara Davis. Mara Davis.